Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 146 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, this is Patrick here, late night in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And really, there's only one number I want to talk about tonight, and it's 670. Justin Anderson, drop that news. Yeah, so tomorrow, as we all know, the Toronto Blue Jays are playing a game at the Rogers Centre in Toronto for the first time in 670 days, Mr. Patrick Marsh. How do you feel about that? It's it's a long time coming, but the boys are back. Uh, we're going to have a crowd of what, I think it's 15,000 that are yep. sold out? Yeah, 15. Are they sold out? Oh, yeah, they're, they're sold. <laughs> All right. Well... Kansas City comes to town. It'll be nice to beat up on uh, our uh, 2016, or was it 2015 ALCS? I try not to remember. Opponents. It was 2015 ALCS opponents. Damn, Amish kid. Yeah, I know. The reach, and he didn't really reach over. Like, it was yeah. going to be a home. Yeah. It was a home run. But anyway. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Man, I'm excited. They're going to be back in Toronto. Completely different atmosphere than Buffalo. Uh, the boys are back. And guess who's on the mound? Friend of the show. Well, friend of the show, Mr. Ross Stripling. We got a lot to talk about in this episode because there's tons of trades that took place. Uh, but as usual, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Check us out on all our usual channels. So Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm sure there's a bunch more. Uh, Justin, let's do this. Let's uh, let, actually, you know what? There is one thing I did want to say before we get started. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was about Terry Francona. Uh, the news dropped uh, a couple hours ago. He was going to be taking a leave of absence for the remainder of the 2021 season to focus on his health. So Cleveland uh, is going to have uh, DeMarlo Hale step in, serve as acting manager. Uh, so next time you see Terry Francona as manager of the Cleveland baseball team, they will be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. There's more news that dropped yeah, we didn't uh, talk since about our that. last recording. <laughs> I wanted to save it, but I figure let's just get it in there. Uh, we wish Terry Francona well. Yeah. Uh, great baseball uh, mind. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, best of luck to him uh, with the health stuff. But the Cleveland Guardians, it's starting to grow in me a little bit. Yeah, I don't hate the name. Not a fan of the of the logo though. I think they could, yeah the wing, the wing logo could have been better. Yeah, there's yeah they were better options. I don't mind. I like that they're keeping the colors. Of course, I think they had to. But um, yep. yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm 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 still not a huge fan of of the Guardians name. I get that it's different, <laughs> but I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> you know what I wish they had done for the logo. And I know, like, everybody and their uncle made this joke on Twitter. Uh, and I think James Gunn was the first one. There really was a lot of disappointment about how they were going to be called the Guardians. And their uh, mascot wasn't going to be uh, a rocket holding a shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I really, I thought it was funny. And uh, you know what? As If they just keep the same lettering and they just put Cleveland on the front instead of Indian, mm-hmm. which I think they already did. Yeah, a while ago, and they've already retired Chief Wahoo and all that other stuff. So like, there's there's not really going to be a lot of changes. They're just going to make some extra money with, I guess, hats with uh, yeah. the Guardian logo, and then hats and jerseys. The, 
they'll probably do the stylized text of Guardians on the front, the same with the same text as like uh, the Indians or or whatever they had before. Yeah. But I'm glad that we can finally retire uh, that name for the team because like I'm tired of making the mistake of saying it. I want to move on from it. Yeah, it was time for sure. Um, but yeah, all the best to Tito. Hopefully he can recover quickly and hopefully be back next season. But uh, DeMarlo Hale, former uh, Blue Jays uh, bench coach, taking over. Good for him. That's pretty cool. When was his tenure? With, uh, with, he was uh, in, the, in the John Gibbons days, I believe. The Gibbier? Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's what I thought, but I couldn't remember because time is time just... Is relative. Um, yeah, time is annoying. But let's, uh, let's get let's into the... trades. <laughs> yes. Uh, the one Blue Jays move here that they've made so far, they traded catcher, AAA catcher Riley Adams, who appeared in a few games for the big club this season, to the Washington Nationals for left-handed pitcher closer Brad Hand from the Nationals. He's got 21 saves this season. He's been a little bit rocky in recent uh, times, as have a few other folks since the old sticky stuff thing uh, started getting cracked down on. Richard Rodriguez, who's also... Dry and trade interest has also not been so great in the last two months. So curious to see uh, how the Jays deploy hand. Uh, they asked Montoyo about it, and he said that he's not sure exactly what they'll do since he hadn't had a chance to speak to him yet. But he said having two closers on the roster is never a bad thing. So how do you feel about Brad Hand, Patrick? It's, I think it's a great acquisition. I've mentioned more than once on this show that I was interested in acquiring Brad Hand. Yeah. Uh, left-handed closer. Uh, there's not too many of those. They don't grow on trees. Uh, he's got good stuff. I don't know about the sticky stuff. I'm gonna, I don't know whether or not it was confirmed. He was somebody, uh, who, yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure. I know he, you're right. He has struggled, uh, his last 15 appearances. He hasn't been sharp. I think his ERA is hovering between four and five, something like that. Um, but I mean, he's got good stuff. And I yeah. mean, his per- performance over the last, four years has been very consistent and I think he's third in MLB in saves during that time yeah, period. Yeah, he is. He led the American League in saves last year because he played for Cleveland. Um, yep. Uh, the Jays are going to pay the remainder of his $10.5 million salary. Uh, that yeah, figure like does include and some deferred salary. There's six and a half that's actually deferred that's going to be paid in installments between 2022 and 2024. So yeah. I think kind of, so they'll have Brad Hand on the, on the payroll for a couple of years in a, in a small portion he's just a rental so uh it's definitely something that was needed though we've, we've seen tim Mesa be pretty reliable but ryan brecky has struggled as another lefty so we might we may have three lefties in the bullpen now with with hand joining and the, I'm, I'm assuming Sacedo and sneed will be back down in, in the triple a here right away um now that the jays have kind worth, of cut through the stretch of double headers with boston here it's worth noting though justin that i feel like People are calling him a rental, but there's still a distinct possibility that there could be some kind of extension. Yeah, 100%. This, this, this was supposed to be a uh, – it was he was signed on a one-year deal to the Nats for $10.5 million, and I think the idea was he really wanted to uh, increase what his value was on the market, mm-hmm. and it backfired on him. A little bit. I don't see why we can't – you know, if we pay $5 million for Kirby Yates, I, I don't see why we can't offer Brad Hand like a two-year, twenty million. Uh, I don't care if he closes or not. You know, it, it's probably going to be him and Romano splitting the time. Uh, yeah, Romano's been great as our closer, yeah. And I think he'll continue to close for us for a very long time. 
but Brad Hand gives us just that extra, you know, he's a lefty. He can like play the matchups a lot more now. Exactly. Now we've got two guys who no matter what situation we're in, we can, you know, we can close by committee and we'll always have the advantage left or right-handed unless yeah. they, the, uh, the opposing team, you know, has some trickery like Tampa, but he gives us a lot of versatility in the pen. Um, shout out to Riley Adams, our number 17 prospect. He's gone. Uh, he won't be forgotten, even though it was a limited time. He had a meteoric rise this year. Do you have any final thoughts on Riley Adams? No, I mean, he was being overtaken by Gabe Moreno. This, this, this pretty much confirms that when Moreno comes back, he's likely going to be in AAA uh, because they're really hurting yeah. for, for catchers now. I'd say it's like a 99.9% .9 chance he immediately just goes to AAA. Yeah. It'll be him and Danny until Danny is totally ready. Yeah, he, and, and as soon Danny as... might be out for a while, so... Yeah, he's still, yeah, they're working on that. But uh, when Danny's up to 100%, do you think he's back up with the club immediately? Uh, it depends where they're at with, with with how Maguire's playing, I think. If he's playing well, then I think they might leave Danny Jansen in AAA. Let's talk about Reese Maguire right quick because it's worth it since we're on the topic. Uh, Reese Maguire in his last uh, seven games has actually had another resurgence. He is hitting 368. <laughs> Uh, in his last seven games, mm -hmm. uh, although in his last 15, just 238. He's a streaky hitter. He's 284 in a year. Do you have yeah. faith in him? Do you think he's no. – this is for real? Or... I, I don't. No. Uh, yeah. The, we kind of got to ride it, though, don't we? The We do have to ride it, but for, for Reese, he's not performing well, like, in advanced metrics. Like, his expected batting average is only 232, so – yeah. Um, he's definitely overperforming right now. He doesn't hit the ball hard a lot, and obviously doesn't take a lot of walks. So that's that's definitely an issue. But I mean, hey, if he's gonna if he's gonna get base hits, I'm not gonna complain. I don't care if it's lucky. We need some luck sometimes on this team. So I'm not gonna not gonna bash him right now. As long as he keeps hitting, he can keep playing. In my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm on board with it. Let's yeah. talk about the big the the, the big piece that we've been wanting. Yes. for a while now we talked about it last time i think this yeah. exact player too jose barrios um the jays are still interested um john Heyman says the jays are still are continuing to show big interest in twins ace jose barrios many others are in including division rivals rays and red Sox, but the jays are a big player here um we've seen what it's going to take to get some of these these players and we'll talk about some of the trades that happened here in a second but what do you what do you feel about about Barrios? Do you think that we should give up a couple of uh, high caliber prospects for him? He does have control, which is a really good thing. Uh, the thing that I'm concerned about when it comes to Barrios is can we afford uh, the arbitration years, and are we going to extend him? What does it look like for him to be here in Toronto? And does does this mean like? Somebody's got to go as far as our pitching prospect. I'm not sure if maybe they like to move like uh, Eric Pardino, who's trying to just rehabbing from Tommy John's. Um, this isn't a rental, though. No. That's, that's the thing. This is like this a... Is, this is a guy who can play for us for a long time. But I think if we go for Berrios, who is Arab eligible next year, but then he's a free agent the following year, we shouldn't give up the farm for him. Um, I would like it if we grabbed more than one pitcher off of Minnesota. I would like, you know, 
I'd be interested in Kenta Maeda. I'd like to, he hasn't had a great year, but he's shown that he has significant potential. I'd love to get him. Uh, and I don't know what they have as far as pen talent available, Right. but this could be an opportunity for us to trade with a team that's clearly trying to overhaul their roster and, you know, hit the restart button after some of their signings didn't quite pan out. So hopefully we can make a deal with Minnesota before they make a deal with one of our rivals because we, it's almost like we kind of have to go after them. Yeah, I definitely, I think it's a, it's a move that's needed if this team feels that they're going to compete because obviously our division rivals were, were busy today. Uh, just three minutes ago, Patrick Marsh, the Boston, Boston Red Sox are in agreement on a deal to acquire Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals. Ooh, yeah, um, Schwarber's still rehabbing, but uh, it's a big lefty bat for that lineup. They've, they've got a lot of good right-handed bats. Um, this adds another lefty along with Rafael Devers to that lineup for Boston. So um, obviously with the Yankees getting Gallo uh, and then yesterday and then getting uh, Rizzo today, they loaded up on lefty bats. Um, so a lot of a lot of lefties moving to the AL East, which uh, is interesting because there, there's a lot of high-powered offenses already. Uh, the Rays made a move today too, Patrick. They actually traded Diego Castillo to the uh, Seattle Mariners, so they moved a bullpen arm. Um, and, and Castillo is always a guy that, that uh, lit us up. Like he has that nasty bowling ball sinker, like 100 miles an hour. So. Um, goes to a, another team in Seattle who's trying to compete for the wild card. So a ton of moves out of the, uh, out of those, those lefty bats, uh, Schwarber, Rizzo and Gallo, who do you think makes the biggest impact? Gallo. Yeah. I think Gallo has the highest ceiling. And plus he plays great on defense top, in the outfield too. That's exactly where, what I was going to say was <laughs> like, if you look at, if you uh, finagle the lineup there a little bit in New York, you, I mean, adding Gallo in there just makes them that much harder to play against. We've yeah. done well against the Yankees this year. I think we're like seven and four against them or something like that. Like we've been, we, we have a good record against them. Uh, and we're going to need that if we're, we're, we're going to compete. Uh, but yeah, Gallo is a guy. I'm so glad that we didn't give up the farm for him. I know the Yankees did pay for him. Uh, they had to give up four. I think it was four prospects. Yeah. Which is nobody a, in their top five. A lot. In Nobody in their the top five. Okay, so just for correction, uh, we're six and six against the Yankees this year, uh, twenty-two and twenty-six in our division so far. There's still some games left to play. Yeah. Uh, against them, against Tampa, against Boston. I think we still got some against Baltimore too. So, uh, if we're gonna make the playoffs, we're really gonna have to, you know, we are gonna be playing these teams more. Uh, I think we only have a few games left with Boston after this series and only a couple games left with Tampa, but like we got to pull up our socks here and get it done. Yeah. Um, Rizzo's on an expiring contract. It's, it's worth noting. Somebody had pointed out that over the last two seasons, he's only had a WRC plus of 110, which is barely better than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And Kevin Biggio. So he hasn't been the offensive player that he once was, but he does play great defense. And the Yankees have been near the bottom of the league in all offensive categories at first base this season with Luke Voigt not being able to stay healthy. So it's a big get for them. Uh, yeah. Gallo still has one more year of arbitration eligibility. He's not a free agent until 2023. So the Yankees could still get him. He's on a $6.2 million contract this year. So you gotta be figure, you got to figure the arbitrator is going to award him somewhere in the 10, 10 to 12 neighborhood this season just based on his play. 
um, unless the Yankees are going to try and sign him to an extension, but who knows how that's going to work. Um, another move that, that has happened today, it's not fully confirmed yet. We're not exactly sure who all the pieces are yet, but Max Scherzer and Trey Turner in a blockbuster oh trade are going to the Los Angeles Dodgers from the Washington Nationals who have sold everything. Um, I didn't see them including Turner, but it, what a what a get for the Dodgers who are going to get uh, Corey Seager back tomorrow. So Turner's actually going to move over and play second base for the Dodgers instead of his usual third base shortstop position that he's been playing. So interesting get. Um, <laughs> that LA is amazing rotation, right? I mean, they're going to have Bueller and uh, Urias and and Kershaw, and now they add Scherzer to the mix. It's it's insane how good that rotation is. And now it's the add in trade Turner, one of the best offensive shortstops in baseball, or offensive third baseman, sorry. Um, definitely yeah. very, very good. So it, it's it's crazy. I, I don't know, man. And, and Denny Duffy is also going to the Dodgers too. He's another California native. He had to approve the deal as well from the, from the Royals, who will play this weekend. So we won't see Denny Duffy uh, often, if ever again, unless we play Dodgers sometime soon. I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but the Dodgers loaded up. Uh, the Padres had obviously made most of their moves in the offseason and went and got Adam Frazier. But that NL West, it's crazy. The The Giants are still up there, but the the uh, Dodgers, Padres, and uh, Giants are all going to take – they're all going to make the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. All three of them are likely. I think they're all projected to make, to oh, make yeah. it, which means that the wild card is effectively uh, cut off West. for all other teams, yeah. which means expect the National League East to be a bloodbath between the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets, none yeah. of which who have been able to pull ahead. The Braves are my pick because their run differential clearly demonstrates they're a much better team than their record. They don't uh, have Acuna, though. They don't, and they don't have pitching, yeah. uh, which is a bit of a problem if you're trying to win baseball games. But that being said, I still think eventually they score enough runs. They're not that far back on the Mets. They're four. That's going to be a bloodbath because you're either winning the division or you get nothing. Uh, the Brew Crew are still, uh, you know, holding strong there uh, with plus 90 run differential first in the uh, NL Central. Uh, the Reds are surging because Joey Votto is just hitting home runs at every at bat. Yes, let's give a Joey Votto a shout out. Shout out to Joey Votto. Eight six, home runs six in games six, in a row. Yeah, six games in a row. His last eight hits have been home runs. Every single one of them. Uh, the man is just dominating right now, making a real late, you know, season case for an MVP. Unfortunately, Cincinnati's already seven games back, and I don't, I don't, I don't think they can crack the wild card. Padres have 59 wins, and they're holding it down right now, and it's about to get cray cray in the NL West with all the trades. Yeah, here's the uh, the full trade from John Morosi. It's Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. Catcher Kierbert Ruiz, uh, right-handers Josiah Gray, and the, Ruiz and, and Gray are the number 41 and 42 prospects in baseball. Uh, Gerardo Carrillo is another right-hander, and outfielder Donovan Casey to the Nats. So four prospects. I don't know too much about the, the, the second two guys, but uh, Ruiz and Gray are highly regarded, so the Nats getting a pretty good package for for Scherzer and Turner. So good for them for getting a good return. Um, the Red Sox in that Schwarber deal. 
they are sending right-handed pitcher Aldo Ramirez. I'm not exactly sure anything about him, but uh, I'm assuming he's a, a prospect of some sort. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of the trade picture. There's a bunch of other minor deals that were announced today. We don't have time to get into everything because it's midnight for Patrick, and we don't want to keep him up too much longer. So let's talk about some Boston, some Boston and Blue Jays series. We'll get through this quick, Patrick Marsh, and then we can talk a little bit about the return to Toronto. Um, but in game number one, which was on Monday, the 26th, uh, the Jays ended up losing this game uh, five to four. Uh, they were winning four to three until Alex Verdugo took Richards deep in the eighth inning. Uh, it was a, a fastball on the outside corner, and he was sitting on it. Apparently, uh, Thomas Hatch had gotten the start, only lasted three and two thirds, gave up three runs on seven hits, one walk, four strikeouts. One of the hits was a home run. And then they were good until Richards gave up the two-run shot in the eighth. Unfortunately, the Jays uh, couldn't hold on to that one. It was another blown lead. Um, their first error in the 10 games was committed in that game. So that was something to keep an eye on, that the team had been playing pretty good defensive ball. Um, offensively, nine hits from most every starter except for Gurriel and Biggio had at least a hit in this game. So definitely wasn't a, a one-sided uh, top half of the order doing all the work again. Reese McGuire with two hits, so we just gave him a shout-out earlier. But anything to anything to add on that game, Patrick? What were your thoughts on Hatch? Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to make your first start at Fenway, hey? It season. is. <laughs> it was. It was. He was put in a bad position. Yeah. Um, tough. You know, you put him out there in the field at a place like Kaufman. Maybe things go a little bit different. A lot of balls die. Yeah. You know, getting a start in probably the most hitter-friendly park in the history of baseball is probably, you know, probably not conducive to good stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, pr- I think he'll get one more. In fact, I think he might go Sunday. Yeah, to it's give everybody possible. a chance to give the give the reset to the rotation. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to say right now because everything is kind of out of whack. Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz go before Ryu, so and I don't think we see them this week. So it's got to be somebody on Sunday, and yeah. I don't think it's going to be – it's got to be Hatch. Yeah, and, and the reason for that being that Tuesday's game was rained out and was made up as a part of a split doubleheader on a Wednesday. Uh, and Robbie Ray started game one there. So doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday would not allow him to start on, on Sunday. So it's, it's likely going to be Hatch, and we'll talk about that shortly. But uh, Robbie Ray was great in that game one of that doubleheader. Six strong innings. Five hits, one run, no home runs allowed, which was nice to see. He did walk three, but struck out eight. His season ERA is down to 304, Patrick Marsh. Jordan Romano threw, had a strikeout and picked up the save there as the Jays were able to win 4-1. to one. Uh, Again, eight hits spread out relatively well. Springer had a home run in that game, uh, as did Randall Grichik, who was two for three. It was nice to see Randall get some hits finally. Um, in game two, the Jays unfortunately dropped that one uh, four to one. Um, was it Tan- Tanner Houck, who pitched for Boston, he was great. Um, he he shut the guys down. Stephen Matz was not so great. He gave yeah, up nine hits over one. three and a third, including four runs, no home runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. Uh, Murphy, Snead, and Thornton were able to pitch the, the rest of that game and keep Boston off the scoreboard, but it was a little bit too late as the Jays just couldn't muster anything. They also committed two errors in that one, including an error that led to a triple turning into an inside-the-park home run for the yeah. Red Sox. So that was less than ideal. <laughs> um, any thoughts on that doubleheader? 
I don't think there's much to no. be said, except I think Steven, Steven Matz is starting to... He's, he's, he's performing exactly on his career levels. He was exceeding expectations at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's... And, and, now he's regressed to the mean. As he's regressed to the mean. He's still a competent starter, but I would personally, for me, like you could just tell, like when the game was started. We were chatting back and forth a little bit before the game started, or, or when the game started. And early on, it was very obvious how well scouted the Red Sox were to match its stuff. Uh, they were sitting on a lot of stuff, and they were just knocking them around the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just run into teams that are just excellent hitters, and they scouted you, and your stuff just isn't playing, and it's a perfect storm of getting whooped. Speaking of knocked around the ballpark, uh, the Blue Jays did that to Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. They won 13-1, to Patrick Marsh, uh, <laughs> on 16 him. hits. Unfortunately, three defensive errors. I think two were on Bo Bichette, and then one was on Teoscar Hernandez, who flubbed a fly ball. Lucky for the Jays, they didn't need the they didn't need the the runs really because Hunjin Ryu was great over six innings, didn't walk a batter. He has four starts this season without walking a batter, and three of them have come against the Red Sox. So that's what you love to see from your ace. Uh, two hits and five strikeouts over those six innings, just an absolutely dominant performance from Ryu. Uh, so Sato gave up the only run of the game. Dolice and Sneed pitched innings as well. Sneed had three strikeouts, did give up two hits, but struck out three. Offensively. Yep. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero hit a home run out of Fenway over top of the monster down the foul line. It was like 436 feet, I believe it was. Uh, yep. Quite long. Um, everybody in the lineup had a hit who started. The only one who came in was Brivik Valera. He has he was 0 for 1. Uh, and every starter also had a run driven in tonight. They walked six times, including two from George Springer. He's hitting 239 now, but his OPS is 854. So definitely uh, contributing in a lot of different ways since we moved to the top of that lineup. Um, yeah, it was it was just an all-around shellacking for the Blue Jays against Boston. Definitely a good way to, I believe, with this, their last game at Fenway this season. So definitely a good way to finish up there. And uh, they'll fly back to Toronto tonight, Patrick. So uh, what do you want? Do you want to add anything on the on the ass whooping from tonight? Kind of, because there's there's a bit of an issue that we're seeing in the bottom part of the lineup again. There's a couple of spots, namely uh, Grichik is just he's had a his. A, second half of the season hasn't been so hot for him it, it's really starting to show and it's really starting to show Biggio being out in left field uh he's competent defensively but he was one for five and his average on the year is 221 OPS is 676 yeah he's just had a he's had a really bad year yes and, and um it's just a matter of time before the Guriel injury catches up to us if he continues to underperform like that at the plate. I know it was a 13 to one ass whooping. It's just worth noting. Like you just like to complain about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but, but at the same time, like, you know, Santiago Espinal is hitting 320 and he's supposed to be like a replacement level player, but his OPS is hovering around 800. Yeah. Come on. Biggio can't even give us 240 at the plate. It's just frustrating because eventually Reese McGuire, this, this is unsustainable from him. He's getting very lucky at the plate. He looks really good, and I'm happy for him. And we need that depth hitting. Yeah. But like, we cannot have our five, six, seven, eight, or six, seven, eight, nine hitters uh, struggle. They didn't tonight. Um, but look at the game before, and they had one hit. Yeah. And we and we lost. And then if you look at the other loss that we had, they had three hits, and we lost. 
Yep, you mentioned oh. uh, Lourdes Gurriel, too. Um, he has hit by a pitch, and I believe it was the second game of the doubleheader. X-rays yep. came back negative, so he's just day-to-day. He's probably just pretty bruised up, kind of hit him in the elbow. So good that the X-rays were negative. They'll just keep evaluating him. Unlikely that he needs a DL stint, but uh, it was definitely uh, definitely a, a, a sigh of relief when those X-rays came back negative. Yep, big time. But I regardless... Mean, uh, Fenway is over, I believe, for the season. Uh, the Jays are flying out of Bedford, Massachusetts, which is about a half-hour drive from from Fenway. This is from at Bad News Jays on Twitter. He has this tweet up here. Uh, scheduled departure is 11.45 p.m. Eastern time, which is about 30 minutes from the time we're recording right now. And they're scheduled to land in Toronto Pearson Airport at 1.25 a.m. Eastern time, back on Canadian soil for the first time in nearly two years um and yeah we'll, we'll have a baseball game tomorrow night patrick marsh at 707 eastern the kansas city royals and daniel lynch who's one and two with a 788 era will take mm-hmm. on ross stripling who the jays are 51 and 48 or are they 50 yeah 51 and 48 they did update the standings already uh and ross stripling is three and six with a 484 era uh, has a couple of bad starts that have really inflated that uh, on Saturday, Alec Manoa is going to come off the injured list and make his return against Mike Miner, who is eight and eight with a 5.32 ERA. Manoa is two and one with a 2.90. And then on Sunday, uh, we think it's going to be Thomas Hatch, and it's going to be against Brad Keller, who is a righty who is seven and nine with a 5.55 ERA. So, all of these Kansas City starters, the lowest ERA is 5.32, and that's Mike Miner. Two lefties and a righty. Um, interesting to see how the Jays perform. You think they're going to get a? You think they'd have a boost in that home op- in that home opener in Toronto? Hopefully not too much of a boost. They're not just trying to hit dingers. Even though I'd love to see some upper deck shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be it's going to be really good to see the dome again. I almost forget what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing about it too is like you look at this Royals lineup and you look at like I don't know. I just there's. Right now, there's there's blood in the water, uh, the, and the Jays can smell it. This is an opportunity for them to sweep a very weak team that's in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, they might even still be trading. They might not be done trading themselves. They might yeah. end up going for max value. You never know. Salvador Perez might be on the market. Yeah. Probably not. I but but still, uh, there are 11 games up, uh, under 500. They are hot, like I said before, eight and two in their last ten. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in garbage time, so it doesn't matter. The Jays need a sweep if they're going to bounce back up over five hundred for the month of July. They have to win the series. Uh, they're ten and eleven in the month of July, so obviously you got to win them both to get over it. Uh, if they don't, they're going to continue to sink in the standings. At which point. Trade deadline is tomorrow, so like yeah, we're, it's less just under fifteen hours to the trade deadline. I've, I'm getting the sense that we're probably if we're not getting if we're not trading for Jose Barrios, we're done. That they will roll with what what is on this team. It's worth noting though that when it comes to bullpen help, it is on the way. Nate Pearson will return uh, sooner than later. He will enter the bullpen, and having an arm that can throw a hundred in the pen is good. Uh, and on top of that, the Axeman uh, <laughs> is absolutely thriving in Buffalo. I think he's done enough now that they can justify calling him up. So from the analyst booth, st- 
straight to the you know yeah. the triple a i wonder to... if that's happened before where a guy's been like analyzing a team that ended up pitching for them in the same season probably not but i don't even know why he wasn't pitching to begin with i'm not yeah. really sure i understand it but maybe it was his choice but there he is thriving in buffalo i think it's just a matter of time where he will get the call and he will be in that pen he throws these bowling ball fastballs and i think it's just what we need down the stretch to you know help cut into these problems that we've had in late inning games it's that seventh and eighth inning we just get our asses kicked yeah give up a couple runs and then it just doesn't matter that jordan romano is ready to roll because we're already down two runs and yeah he'll come in and pitch it just doesn't matter because we're not getting runs. So Brad Hand will be with the Jays tomorrow, confirmed by Keegan Matheson and Shai Davidi uh, just moments ago. Good. So the, the boys are back, and they're bringing reinforcements. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's that's it for us. Uh, one thing I want to say, too, I, I was able to do a little, little chat today with uh, Francis Beaudry from CBC. He's putting together a little article on uh, – the Jays returning to Toronto and he was talking to, to fans around the country. So look for that to come out tomorrow morning at some point. We'll definitely retweet it on the, uh, on, on Twitter when it gets published. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to, uh, to watching baseball in Canada, major league baseball makes its return after 670 days tomorrow. Wow. You can find us on Twitter where we'll post that article tomorrow. Uh, BFMD podcast, BFMDpodcast.com is the website where you can find all the episodes in blog form and listen to them there. You can also find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and so much more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Thanks to Patrick Marsh for staying up way past his bedtime to record this one. Uh, I myself am going to be headed up to bed, and it's only 9.30, so call me the old man if you want. But for Patrick out in Halifax, uh, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. Enjoy baseball tomorrow. Enjoy the trade deadline. There's lots to happen. We'll be back sometime next week. I'm on some vacation. I'm getting to the Dodge away from cell service and Wi-Fi for a few days. So we'll be back sometime later next week with a new episode. But until then, enjoy baseball. Enjoy baseball.